Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Howdy, y'all! Hi! <laughs> hey, guys! That's, uh, we're just gonna start with cryptic Bible passages from That was a on. cheery opener. It really oh, was. That's from the Bible, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure. I thought you were just saying it. <laughs> Why didn't you read- yeah, it just why didn't you read from Song of Solomon or one of the sexy Bible passages? Uh, this was, uh, I thought relative, a little more relevant to today's topic. Ah, which is, of course, Game of Thrones. The Bible. <laughs> God damn it, y'all. <laughs> I sent an email, I expect y'all to read it. Okay, but. no, seriously, we're talking about Jordan Peele's Us. Us. And Doppelgangers. Doppelgangers. Us are talking about us. We us. are talking about us. Yes. Indeed. Sorry. So, it's been a minute since we did this. It has been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, we through... got your letters, your yes. piles, your truck stop piles of letters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And um, a lot of... we've 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 all been going through things and through mm -hmm. dangers untold and hardships unnumbered. We have fought our way here to bring you this podcast across the goblin city right i'm not gonna explain any of our hardships because i think it's good for us to keep you know a little keep bit it, of mystery yeah a little bit of... almost just ass bombed the keyboard <laughs> and that would have fucked everything up i was doing sorry uh um, jeff is lonely and drunk um, i'm not, <laughs> I'm not lonely <laughs> he's got cats weren't you paying attention <laughs> yeah i thought you guys were my parents wait we are, yes. Um, so here we are discussing Jordan Peele's Us. And just to point it out, uh, I am not alone. There's someone who looks almost exactly like me standing in the corner of my room. That mm -hmm. happened to me. He Mine's outside. I got up and just shut the blinds like a <laughs> cartoon character. I was like, huh. And then I like shut him. And then I looked out and he was still there. And then I like shut him more. Have you? Oh, this uh, is sort of related here but if you're, you know in horror movies when they notice someone standing outside or they don't notice the person standing how long has that person been standing there yes like how many yeah. people drove by on the road and were like what's up with that guy in the jail looking jumpsuit staring into that house i think yeah. this is the first time where it really made sense within the context of the movie but it did point out how yeah just like michael myers just fucking hangs out in somebody's hedges all the time just like creeping on people and nobody called right. like neighborhood watch <laughs> right that's super <laughs> like, weird yeah i think and that actually <clears throat> makes me think in this movie had they not provoked them would they have just stood out there all night like they just if they didn't see him and they went to sleep would they just oh just uh out there <laughs> no they would not have been okay but we're okay. getting way way ahead of ourselves i know that okay, you guys sorry. that we have not done this in like many years or whatever it's been i know we've all been out in the world doing our own things and whatever but there's a protocol here there's an order to things uh, this, is not vietnam. this is not vietnam there are rules uh what are you guys drinking well i am drinking a lovely red called appropriately enough hero and villain oh, nice yes i wouldn't say i'm drinking anything i would say i drank some wicks, wicks key. 
Oh boy. This is yep. a, this I'm is apologizing this, in advance. Okay, so I got this like this mang- burns well. <laughs> I uh I put this like naked mango juice with it to like cut it and the sugar from the fruit I think hides the alcohol. Mm. Um this is something that other people have told me but I didn't really listen cuz this is something that, you know. you know, sorority girls figure out when they're 18. But, yes, and I'm just now learning. <laughs> He's just now going through his sorority pledges. Yeah, I'm so. pledging, so fuck mm, off. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, he's, he's going it's like a, a ladybug situation. I'm going to the local college here, pretending to be 22 and a girl, and see if I can get into a sorority. It's extremely problematic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, no respect, no regard. Yeah. Oh man, it's, it's pretty off tone. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 2019. Jesus. And I'm 36 or whatever. <laughs> Ira, I am drinking a Two Town Cider House Two Thorns uh, Raspberry Rose Cider. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna do the thing. Ooh, ooh. Wait. <sighs> yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I sh- wish I could mirror that popping sound effect. I should have <laughs> opened the bottle, so it'd be like. <laughs> it'd be all like. Oh, I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what would it be like? And I have my fingers covered in slobber now, so. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. are off to a good start. I am yeah, this. ten minutes in. I haven't <laughs> talked about anything. I always sort of low key wonder what would happen if any of the filmmakers that we talk about ran upon our show, and mm. I just like to think of Jordan Peele shaking his head, just like slowly. Mm, Hopefully, he won't, and he won't have to right. feel bad about right. his life's work. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really better that no one. If listens we got to, this. to the point where he actually was shaking his head. Would mean that he would listen to it long That'd enough be a to be shaking his head. That'd yeah. be a fucking win. It depends. Um, it depends on if I leave in the truck to stop jizz pile thing from earlier. Yeah. <laughs> or edit it out. <laughs> edit sorry. point, Mister Peel. I'm sorry to say that there is a truck stop jizz pile, not puddle, jizz pile <laughs> joke, uh, which may or may not be a clip that you hear later in this show or possibly already. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I i literally have no words i'll have what i'm having <laughs> <laughs> that's a good i got to watch that kid that's the what's it called um the key and peels kid right the oh, oh the continental yeah yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> magnificent <laughs> um okay all right we're getting this back on track us. Yeah, we're doing it. We're fucking doing this. Um, Yeah, so his follow-up to Get Out. Um, Let's get into it. Okay. Well, our our podcast is also about us and doppelgangers, so... Yes, yes. We're we're gonna do a review of the movie and then we're going to get into doppelgangers and the so whole idea. As always, we're idea. gonna spoil the shit out of the movie because you can't talk about this movie without spoiling the shit out of it, so... Right. Yes, thank you. Uh, the whole shebang and breaking down that very deep and complicated rabbit hole of an idea no pun intended all right so basically we're going to discuss this and then spend 30 minutes talking about data and lore ah god damn it i had this whole section (laughs) (laughs) no we're gonna give him more time because we've already done the data lore episode no we didn't no we we haven't hey the doppelgangers did guys i am not less perfect than lore Data is always a stupid whore. Let's just not <laughs> do. Let's just not do a review of us at all. Yeah. <laughs> let's just like, not do that. This is the part where he's shaking his head. He wanted us to do it. <laughs> we love you, Jordan. 
uh, I will say I really liked this movie. Like yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I liked that it went in the direction more of a, it, what felt to me like a modern underworld myth. Mm-hmm. And it had a, a wonderful, subtle fairy tale atmosphere that, um, yeah. Uh, every time I, you it know, experience that. Tale. I feel like fairy tale horror is a good genre that this is a solid win for that you don't see a lot of films. Uh, maybe it kind of almost reminds me of Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. the anxiety of the film is very dreamy and uh, it's it's pretty high concept. And it, yeah, it, it it does feel like a, a you know Grimm's fairy tale on some levels of things. Mm-hmm. But there's a, I mean, there's a lot going on in this movie. I'm actually pretty surprised it's a mainstream movie. I guess the sheer success of Get Out puts it in that category mm-hmm. of being able to be a mainstream movie because it feels more like an indie art house movie. Right. It feels like he, may, like maybe this would have. I'm sorry, I totally interrupted you. Um, no, you're fine. It feels like this would have almost been before Get Out. The one yeah, that got like him it. noticed, and then he made that. Although I'd say that, like, since this one is so conceptual, and uh, it's uh, definitely a lot stranger. You, yeah, usually it's like when directors feel like they've earned the right to be a little stranger or something. Also, yeah. I, I heard it's a confident that he, move for sure. It, it's a confident move, and also I heard that he accepted a lot less money to have a lot more creative freedom with this. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Which because uh, he didn't, there isn't a, a sense from the movie that he felt pressure to appease like a Hollywood. That he's not doing that. That's for sure. There's no, I could definitely see a, a Hollywood executive being like, well, "You're not making this movie." Like, mm-hmm. uh, just by the end of it, it's like this. Too many things. There's a, many layers of symbolism. First of all, it's not like the kind of movie. It's like it means one thing. Like I'd say it's more symbolically layered than Get Out is even, and it has like. Yeah, just like multiple tiers of things going on, all happening at the same time. Even leaving the movie, I feel like you're you're not given all the answers at all. Yeah. Did you feel like I felt like I seventy percent got it by the time I left? I <laughs> I I wasn't sure. Um, there were definitely things where I was scratching my head when I left, but I was so happy to be feeling that way. I, mm-hmm. I like it when horror movies are like, yeah, it's actually about the evils of whatever you know um and it kind of spells it out for you this was a lot more ambiguous and a lot more uh subtle and strange and i like yeah i i like that it was shrouded in a lot of mystery and complicated things it also had it was funny it had a lot more of his humor I feel like infused it. I guess maybe just because Get Out was so goddamn tense the entire time. That's so. That's something a little mm. bit when I was watching this movie. Oh, a bit of my critique of it would be that it wasn't as tense uh, as maybe other horror movies are in terms of like once the. I, I guess we you know we can get into that a little bit later. But once the you know antagonists sort of reveal themselves, there's a bit of a diffusion of what they mean towards like direct, like they're not going to immediately kill them sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, it's like what they want is pretty ambiguous. Yeah, but they don't want to kill you immediately. Like, so you have to then unlock the Hellraiser puzzle box. It maybe Hellraiser is like another good example of a type of well, movie. I would, me I would of. consider Hellraiser a, uh, a one of those modern fairy tale horror films. Yeah. yeah. So I have two points um, related yeah. to this. The first is 
talking about that feeling that you had when you left the theater of, I'm really, I don't get all this, but I like it. I like that I don't. I like movies that sort of push that envelope without pushing it just to be edgy. And in the way that I think that last year, Annihilation for me was this sort of weird out there sci-fi that we need to have in movies that is risky so it doesn't get done much. Mm Mm-hmm. And I felt like this was that parallel in horror. Um, yeah, absolutely. I could see that. Yeah. And because of that, I liked it, even though I do have some criticisms of the, criticisms of the movie. I absolutely appreciate its place mm-hmm. in this genre. Yeah, that's an interesting. That's, that's fair thing. That, like I don't know to bring out because both like that is true of uh, both of these films and that they are sort of managing to float themselves in the mainstream but not give everyone a ton of answers. It's kind of a, I mean, it's a And we get a badass chick doppelganger fight in both of them. That's true. Totally true. Before we get too far along, should we kind of just assume that the people listening to this, like, know the movie or should we explain a little bit of it? Sure, we can talk about it. So, okay. Um, in the middle of the night, a stork drops a baby elephant to Mrs. Jumbo, and <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it has huge ears. Oh wait, never mind. Uh huh. Go ahead, Ira. Wait, are, did you go to see the same movie? Like the? <laughs> no, I dropped my children off at Dumbo and went and saw this. Okay, cool. And they it were opens, it and opens they were both with the furious. Hands across America thing, right? Uh, well, it opens with a rabbit shot first, but then it cuts to the hands across America commercial. Or, commercial right which i found to be a very interesting theme sort of to put as like the underlying i didn't know if it's a a young child watching television right so i don't know if this is her perspective of this event of social change like that we're filtering like the fairy tale setting is based on what the kid is experiencing and maybe this is like a landmark thing that she believes in or sees on tv and so it has impact later in her life uh, it was an interesting thing to include an actual timeline event, which yeah. Suspiria did as well, I noticed. Uh, the remake of Suspiria. The remake Suspiria had like an interesting actual timeline event that had direct undertones to what was going to happen later in the film, but didn't necessarily, like it wasn't all about that situation. It just had, you know, it was rooted in that. That was immediately like trying to... And also, I'm from that era, so I was like, remember, oh shit, Hands Across America, I remember this. Like, And it's this sort of, like, I guess you'd say whitewashed event now of, like, trying to... Because it kind of collapsed in on itself, right? It was like this uh, well, yeah, event they, that was trying to... They tried to... It. Yeah, that's what they tried to do, is make this whole Hands Across America... America is huge and right. mm-hmm. varied. And of course it didn't work. They spent all of the money that they raised trying to figure out the logistics. Instead of actually feeding the homeless, which is what right. they said they were trying to do. So it's 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 interesting because, like, yeah, I was really confused at Hands Across America. I didn't know much about it. But yeah. at least what I could remember was that it seemed like a ridiculous not solution to a real world problem. It seemed like um, a, it was a very 80s kind of solution, right? Uh-huh. And yeah. I don't want to hate on... Um, artistic demonstrations to raise awareness about things. I think that's really great. But it's the the feeling I got behind this thing was that it was just a f- kind of a flawed concept that only crazy people would be able to pull off. And spoilers, 
that's what happens. <laughs> it, well, it's also not the thing about it is is like it's backdrop, so you don't know how intrinsic to the plot it really is. Like, right? It's either the it's, a, you know, it's, it's part es- of the funhouse mirror. It's an establishing shot for the movie, and so you think that it's just establishing the time period. Yes, mm-hmm. except that it lingers very long on it and slowly zooms into everything. And it, oh yeah, the great set pieces there. We get to see the Ghoulie, or not Ghoulies, but Chud. Goonies uh, is Goonies. on there. Chud Lots is on of there. Tunnel references. Yeah. Yes. Underground tunnel references in the set decoration there. Yeah. And, oh, uh, I think also um, Nightmare on Elm Street was one of the other films there. And then we cut to the the main character this is the flashback of her i mean you don't know it's a flashback it's the establishment of her history and young adelaide is the right she goes to the carnival her parents are fighting her dad might be a bit of an alcoholic we're not really sure they're at a santa cruz boardwalk right home of the the lost boys vampires Mm -hmm. and there's a scene where they're filming there so they're it's putting it at that same time period and there's a Carney with a black flag T-shirt who shows up. The black flag shows up later. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and she goes into the fun house. Basically, the, okay, yeah. There's there's a moment where the mom has to go to the bathroom. She tells the dad to well, watch the kid, and he's like, "I'm watching her. I'm watching her." Of course, as soon as his back's turned with some carnival game, she walks off, and she goes, goes into and, the Hall of Visions mirror. The <laughs> it's yeah, like a Native yeah. American vision quest. Yeah, and uh, it's this creepy uh abandoned looking rundown hall of mirrors and enchanted forest place and while she's in there she sees a, a double of herself that uh, is not in the mirror like it's a uh, right she's well yeah. she sees the back of her own head an interesting and he's seen so many movies i can't help but think he has not seen dolores claiborne that exact shot is in that movie where yes, she's is. in the she's a victim of abuse she sees herself in the mirror but it's the back of her own head uh, an interesting shot also so then it cuts to the present day and she's visiting the same beach with her family in a, in a beach house situation and has to go to the same beach and sort of confront these uh demons from her past though clearly she does not want to go there uh it's largely her wonderful and hilarious husband <laughs> who is pushing yeah. for this can, family vacation. can i just say too that mm-hmm. winston duke wins mm-hmm. the award for being the daddest dad yeah. in a movie oh my god he's yeah. <laughs> superb he, he, with his he, dad yeah. jokes and his cringy dabbing i i just adore him he's such a perfect contrast to her edginess we probably don't even need to say that lupita nyong'o does an incredible job in this movie oh um, yeah it wouldn't be this wouldn't be anywhere near the the effective kind of movie it is without her in it he, um, they also feel like such a good and believable, loving family. Like right. that's a that's such an important part of a horror movie is for you to give a fuck about the characters. That's and you do, you care about all yeah, of them a lot. Like right from the car scene, you know, and on. <laughs> when they're actually when she's overwhelmed with dread about going back to the boardwalk, and they're driving there, uh, it, it's very focused on her. She's seeing, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like thing you're talking about. Uh, yeah, the, like she sees like the, a homeless guy she saw from her youth, uh, like a, a street preacher guy who had the Jeremiah eleven eleven line you read from earlier uh, you, that I read from earlier. Yeah, uh, and uh, like this, the, the sense of foreboding and this foreboding music is playing, but the dad is chanting Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz, <laughs> yeah. and it really remind he really reminded me of Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. he's so he's just this 
American dad. Like he's by not... the shitty boat. Like, yeah. You know, you know that he's going to, I mean, I don't want to get too, too ahead of ourselves as they meet their doubles as the next uh, well, they major do, scene in the movie. Well, they meet their um, asshole friends. friends at the beach. Right. Mm-hmm. Tim okay. Hayeker of Tim and Eric fame. And oh, um, of course, Jordan Peele would be friends with. And um, Elizabeth, what's her name? Elizabeth Moss. Moss. Yes, Moss is yeah. is the horrible wife. And and what's funny is, like, they're this white family and then this black family, but it doesn't matter because they are like set up as the normal good family, and then like the family of rich assholes that everybody knows. Yeah, like yeah, you totally know this. You family. you know this family. Like you're like, oh, I know those people. <laughs> You know, there are these drunk, I, rich assholes who don't. Yeah, they I take don't everything for granted, and that yeah. they're. I don't think their whiteness is inconsequential, though. Mm-mm. Like it is a bit of a like. There, there's a couple things. Like I was saying earlier, there's multi-tiered things happening in this movie. They're not just a black family. They're in a. They're a rich black family, and they're having to deal with like like the scene in the car. Days, you know? Well, this keeping up with the Joneses thing. The Joneses exactly. are the white people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they, so they, their idols, or not necessarily idols, but the people they're expected to be like are this rich asshole white American family uh, who is like the, you know, pimple on the head of capitalism <laughs> in just like the worst kind of ways. Uh, mm-hmm. And they, they don't love each other. They're always day drinking. And uh, I'm drunk right now, so I can't really. I don't, hey. I'm not going to talk about that. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they're, these are the people they're sort of expected to fill the shoes of, like, that's what they're supposed to be aspiring to be. Yeah, I, and, I don't uh, doubt their friendship, but no, it is. I don't uh, but it, it, it when Tim Heidecker is talking to uh, Winston Duke's character uh, at the beach, uh, Gabriel, uh, the dad, yeah. he's talking about the. They're basically comparing boat knowledge uh, because yeah. Tim, Tim Heidecker have been like, yeah, I just bought a boat, and uh, with the greatest white asshole name ever. Uh, yes. <laughs> what was it? Biachin. Biachin, yeah. Biachin. <laughs> spelled like a yacht. Yacht yeah. in the middle. Oh, yeah. That's yes, funny. yes. Biachin. Yeah. Uh, okay, since we're talking about the beach scene, I think it would be good to talk about the kids for a second. Okay. Um, Zora and Jason. Yes. Oh, the, 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 the main character kids? Yeah. Yes. Or The twins? Okay. No. No, not the twins. Asshole uh, white gymnast twins is how Becca I think of them. Becca and Lindsay. Um, Tyler. Lindsay spelled like my wife, unfortunately. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but uh, Jason is really who I wanted to talk about. Jason is definitely, um, he might be a bit on the autism spectrum. We're not too sure. The, he's quiet. The, he's quiet. He's a bit strange. I, okay, he wears and, a mask always, or he always has the just, option of hiding. Yeah, he's always wearing, like, it looks like a Wolfman or Sasquatch mask. Uh, like a plastic cheap Halloween thing. I, th- um, I thought it was like an angry ape mask or something, but is it a Yeti sort of thing? It could be a, like a Yeti or a werewolf, I couldn't tell. But also, a, a point that I really loved is that he's wearing a Jaws shirt to the beach. Yes, <laughs> like, they do the Jaws zoom in that shot when she can't they, find they, him. Uh, yeah, they mm-hmm, did, actually. They did. Yep. And, they, uh, and it pans around the beach to show the way that people are reacting the same way as in Jaws. I think those scenes are important also as like a, a cultural reference, the the references of horror that he makes and the ways that he makes them and whether or not he makes a joke while making them. Like you all know what's going to come. You know this trope or you don't, mm-hmm. or he's going to subvert it is an interesting, like he's playing through, some of them are playing through the motions. Some of them he's, he's doing it as a new thing. It's kind of interesting in that way. 
Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I also think that um, it, it's it's also significant in, in suggesting that, <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry, it's like maybe a little tone deaf to wear a Jaws shirt to the beach. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, okay, no, that's a great point because mm-hmm. uh, '80s scene with a carny wearing the black flag shirt. Mm-hmm. That's an authentic black flag shirt, and the other one is uh, like an American Apparel black flag shirt. I do oh, think there's definitely okay. like a uh, point they're trying that he's trying to make a little bit about cultural relevance falling out. The like like in this future, they've sort of lost uh, we're copies of copies kind of a thing, where they've lost away a little bit in terms of their authentic nature. I can't, but uh, yeah, it's tone deaf to wear a Josh shirt to the beach. You wouldn't have done that. Like now, it's like. Uh, there's a prevalent nihilism to where you could get away with that in this generation. Yeah, exactly. But we as viewers are like, but we also recognize that that might not occur to a kid who might be, you know, somewhat autistic or something, or like somebody who like, and this kid obviously likes monsters. He wouldn't wear a monster mask on him all the time, probably as a safety thing otherwise. So immediately we get the idea that this kid is like a little different and maybe doesn't fit in into the social norms as well. But also I think it's significant that he is the one who wanders away similar to the way Adelaide did when she was a kid to the exact same place. Which has also been changed. Right. Well, it it has been changed to, I I believe, Merlin's Forest. Right. Uh, It's no longer the, it's the PC to version of the. Yes. Yes. And, uh, but you know, in that scene, Kitty shows Adelaide an, a magazine ad that is a culturally appropriated Indian headdress. Oh, interesting. Oh, I, didn't I did not notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and okay. yeah, she says that's beautiful, don't you think, or something like that? Yeah. Also, Kitty okay. points out to us that she has had uh, plastic, uh, some, some form of plastic surgery. Right. Um, and then yeah, basically like again uh, reiterating their wealth vanity etc right mm-hmm. so anyway uh, jason is missing for an undisclosed amount of time and we don't really know what he's doing we know that he sees one of the what we later know are called the tethered after that the family is, is like is he the same guy who was the jeremiah 11, he was 11 the bum. yeah he was the bum from oh, and his his hand is dripping with blood implying that he has killed his above world uh, oh okay yeah i just put that together <laughs> okay i thought like he cut himself with scissors or something N- no I, I get the idea that he killed that guy That's well because we just we just saw that guy oh, yeah. being loaded yeah. saw that other guy yeah. yeah yeah that was the beginning of the scene and oh wow cool anyway uh it's looking stupid y'all i didn't get no me too i didn't realize it till i just said it yeah um it but, makes sense, though, that you would supposed to be put that together in the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure smarter people than us watch this okay. and have that thought. But anyway, uh, they're like, okay, that was scary. We're going to go home. And so they go home for the night. Then um, this creepy family shows up. Right. So the creepy family shows up outside. They mm-hmm. uh, point out, hey, there's somebody on our lawn. I can't remember if the after, wife says But it's after Adelaide confesses yes, everything that she's important. worried Sorry. about. Oh yeah, that's right. a very so it happens thing. right game. for breakthrough. Right. So it's all like that's what that's what's so great about these kind of this kind of magical fairy tale type movie is like you could read this all as like her breakdown fugue state. She's actually the one in control of the entire movie, every situation, all the ups, all the downs, all the drama. Like it's all filtered through her funhouse mirror lens. You can mm-hmm. kind of interpret the movie that way because she's like as soon as she makes that confession, 
bam, the lights go out. And uh, literally. Also, I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said literally, the lights go out. Yes. Yeah, but right before they do, and she's saying that that she has like a, a shadow self who's been following her. Yeah. Um, who looks exactly like her, and so and so. Gabriel makes a really bad, tasteless joke about how he could beat her up. He's like, right. if she's the size of you, I'm pretty sure I could beat you up. Therefore, I can beat up an evil version of you. So nothing to worry about. I can protect Which you. Which turns out not to be true. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, um, whether whether it is or whatever, basically, yeah, he's attempting to like lighten the mood. But I think it's since it's framed as a joke, it's supposed to be a little disarming. But what we're left with is the idea the idea of domestic abuse and oh, we're right and and this sudden idea of trust being called into question and like you know we know gabe is a lovely person and he just made a stupid joke right. but suddenly i think when he said that it w- it became a wait do i know you do I really know you? Like, kind of that. Like, she gives him a look. Like, how the fuck? Why the fuck would he say something like like that? Yeah. Um, and that to me was like, I felt uncomfortable when he said it, and I think that's the idea. I think that's. I don't know. I took that as he was so thrown off by what she said that he just said anything to fill the space. Uh-huh. He did. He did say something to fill the space, but. Um, but every line of dialogue matters in some way in, the, right. in, in this universe. Yeah, I, I get the idea that it was not by accident that he would say something that might be regarded that as was off-putting. And, right. And off-putting, yes. So anyway, uh, then the lights go out. But it's important uh, to note that he just really doesn't believe her. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. you know. Because he, it's weird. He says he wants to, but it's it's that that weird uh, denial stage of other characters in a horror it's, movie. It's also such a... A uh, blatant unpacking of some of the layers of the movie that she does right there, like mm-hmm. to confess all of that is like she has all of this knowledge of the things that, you know, in any other movie this would be a murky memory for them. Like the idea of somebody, like the idea of your shadow self sort of chasing you is a mm-hmm. you know kind of an older idea of a, like you know it's a, it's perpetuated as like you know your ideal the things you want to be in your life like coming back to haunt you in a way. Uh, but she's just all laying it right out there. Like, I, this is what I literally believe. <laughs> like, and then because that's so weird, they almost have to have something dramatic happen for you to forget mm-hmm. that she laid that out there. Because I, I did kind of t- to forget that she, you know, she knows about the shadow people is interesting. But that means they're not a manifestation. She doesn't remember it, remember it as a dream. She remembers it as actually happening. So yeah, like um, we're confronted with this kind of bizarre fairy tale, out of nowhere story that she's been had bottled up her whole life, and then we're met with the reality of it, which in fact is there is a shadow family that looks exactly like them that shows up in their driveway. Pretty much from there, the movie just hits the gas. <laughs> like it's a uh, well, it's been this- kind of a slow burn until then. So it, the it had, pacing it of it, kind of a slow burn, but, I did um, like the pacing. So mm-hmm. um, also there were some just really like one of my favorite uh, subver- subversion kind of jokes was uh, we see. So the family outside seems to be them in approximate size, shape and number. <laughs> one of them outside picks up a rock and you expect that they're going to smash out a window from it. But then 
the mom says something about it being a hide a key, and then you like, <laughs> yeah, they like, know. you hide the hide a key, yeah, and yeah. he was like, oh shit, and then you hear the door unlocking. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like you, that's I remember the audible gasps when they picked up the rock, like oh fuck, he's gonna like you know, because you're waiting to hear a uh, glass smash, right? You you aren't waiting to hear uh, a key a, a lock being uh, unlocked, but and this is this is actually another point where I think that earlier point i was talking about of them being like you know a wealthy uh upwardly mobile black family is Mm -hmm. interesting because he does the father tries to go out and essentially yeah well but he tries to sort of be the man be the man but in a in a way that's he's not used to he's not he's an edgy like he's not from the hood in the way that like well uh, he seems like a sweetheart right he's a nice guy he's (laughs) he's kind of a wimpy guy like in or, I yeah, mean, or, or at the very least, be, but... he's he's just a normal person who's probably not used to not just not yeah. not not just confrontation, but like strange confrontation. Like yes, this is totally. this is very weird. When he comes back inside after telling them to leave his property, and they're still there, he he has a moment where he's like, no, 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 and he picks up a bat and he's like, he's like, this isn't the way this thing goes. I'm going right. to assert I'm gonna myself correct here. The thing. But as soon as he didn't assert himself, like, you know, as soon as he goes out there, he's like, oh, he's not going to be able to assert himself the way that he wants to. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of filmed from a tragic point of view of him. Like, it, oh, it, it is. It, you saw yeah. him cutting donuts earlier in the boat. He's not, that's what he does. He doesn't do this part. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it's not who he is. And also, this is the beginning of the mother. Um, she has a series of you know how like horror movies often feature women's intuition. Yeah, yeah. Like usually it's the final girl who's like notices that something's wrong, gives the right bit of advice at the right time. Um, so on and yeah. so forth. So this is when she's like, tells the daughter, give me your phone. Uh, yeah. so she can call the cops and put then your shoes on, put your shoes on. So is like, because yeah. she, uh, she immediately understands that that what kid is going to have to run. Yeah. yeah. Which, okay, and this is framed to us as women's intuition, like, as that trope in a horror film. But, I mean, to jump way ahead to what we know about this person, um, it's not just intuition. It's, like, knowledge of... Inside knowledge. <laughs> in, inside knowledge of uh, repercussions, of consequences of the actions from before. I know that's really vague, but, you know, well, that's... I think That's before spending, the whole switcheroo is revealed. I think that we're spending a lot of time rehashing this when really we you can know, skip it. I mean, we can we don't have to rehash it. I mean, this is pretty much the well because people point have, of the action. If you're listening to this, you've seen it. The action is they're confronted. The doppelganger for Adelaide, who's referred to as Red, there because they're wearing red jumpsuits, talks with this really crazy voice and reveals that she's a shadow of Adelaide and that her life has been dictated by Adelaide's choices and that every member of her shadow family has been chosen for her. She has no free will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now this is actually that exact point is very interesting to me because even before, like long before this movie, you know, in high school, maybe I had the thoughts of like, uh, is my happiness based on other people having to suffer? Like mm-hmm. that's a big, I think coming of age question where you're not really sure. Like, you know, every meal you have is a meal someone else doesn't have. Like every job you take is a job someone else isn't going to get kind of a thing. And I do think there's a little bit of their characters as like the guilt of that family. They're like the baggage of the family. 
of and their as we success. later find out, not just the baggage of the of the family, but the baggage of everyone. Right. Or more specifically, the baggage of Americans. Well, because that's what mm-hmm. she says. Adelaide yeah. says, "Who when, are you, when people?" Gabe asks what they yeah. are, and she says, yeah. "We're Americans." Which oh, is try no... it in the voice. No, I can't do the no. voice. Can you okay. do it? Uh, let me see. We're Americans. That's I don't know. Pretty good. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I would definitely destroy my voice. Again, so does it sound like her vocal cords cords have been cut? I think it, it sounds well, like perhaps she's been initially choked when yeah. she was a child. Um, but there's also like the idea that like she's been living in this you know dark underground place and just maybe years of god knows what has happened to her screaming or whatever has destroyed her voice mm-hmm. also it's just that she sounds hollow she sounds yeah. incomplete or something so yeah so this is where uh, like right when they said that i this is where some of the movie like some of the tension in the movie breaks down in this scene because you know they're not immediately going to die so a bit of that is like it become it's becoming a chess game what do they want and how do they move to get out of what of the situation that they're in Mm -hmm. and so it's a different kind of a different type of movie that comes up here but i do think that the uh the motivations of the characters of the the shadow people like i think as soon as they said we're americans i was immediately aware of the fact that they might not be the bad guys (laughs) like Uh yeah if you go into it with a little bit of knowledge of americans you might know that they're not the greatest people all the time. So uh, that's uh, very unpatriotic of you. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is a patriotic podcast. Um, no, that, yeah, that was and, my and only point. Also, I, I would say that when she said that, the fact that they were all wearing matching uniforms um, mm-hmm. made me think of the prison industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Um, just something about like how they're yeah they're not orange whole... jumpsuits but they're clothes yeah they're jumpsuits they're uniforms and it's like they and they're hidden away um largely just completely forgotten about I I th- see the movie kept suggesting a lot of things without uh expressly exploring all of them like mm-hmm. yeah the jumpsuit was one thing yeah and the other thing I would say is that the daughter Zora is always on her phone. There are several scenes where we see her on her phone. And I think you could chalk that up to it being like, that's just a kid being a kid. All kids are always on their phone. But it's also like maybe a commentary about the online persona. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was like, I don't think it's like too far of a jump to uh, make a, to connect a dot like that. It, it, I mean, okay. So later when we find out that it's more of a widespread epidemic and these are really like, and the, and the uh, tethers are linking themselves together to mimic this hands across America thing that Adelaide saw when she was a kid, you know, like in a way it does feel like a fun house mirror version of the way someone who is maybe a more conservative individual might view activism. These people have gone crazy. You don't know what they want. They're all doing the same things. They're gathering together. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, there was a bit of that, too, of, like, uh, uh, like the tethers were the way uh, the fears of the white family are, like, uh, <laughs> to some extent. Does that make any sense, or does that feel off uh, Go on. Just, like, the, the way they might view, like, a, a Black Lives Matter rally on TV might be mm-hmm. the way that this film is showing you the tethers acting. Maybe like, perhaps as like a the fact that we don't know what they want 
mm-hmm. um, exactly that they actually aren't even speaking any sort of language we understand. I think it's important to point out that Red is the only one who can speak. Right. Um, all of the others just use like uh, invasion of the body snatchers, like ah! like when right. they even do speak or make noises. Yeah, it's it's the creepiest thing about them. I would and I would draw a parallel also to Annihilation. The shimmer in Annihilation, you don't know what the fuck it wants. Yeah. Um, it's not, it doesn't want destruction. Right. These do seem to be seeking out and killing their counterparts, which is creepy. But they're not just doing that. Like, they're doing... It, it all seems fairly random. And especially, like, Red's interaction with the family is she wants... I don't know if... You don't know if it's just that she wants them to suffer. It seems like Abraham, Gabriel's uh, counterpart, is taking him out onto a boat to drown him. But it all seems very prolonged. Right. Well, and and they, were mean, the, they were the only ones who prolonged it. Everybody else yes. just got it over with. So for Red, it was very much about revenge. Mm-hmm. She, it, was, um, it was revenge for Adelaide leaving her there. I, I feel like a bit of it is like, to go back to this... I don't know, the symbolic nature of the movie. It has to do with the choices that they've made in order to be the family that they are uh, versus the choices that the other, the affluent family makes. There's something about how they get trials. Like, each one seems to pass a trial, uh, like the kid in the closet and dad on the boat, and she's running to, like, her shadow self is, you know, training, you know, more well-trained than her. These all Mm -hmm. feed into the anxieties that they would likely have it's a little more like horrifying and dreamlike right um, but they're facing trials whereas the other family is so shallow and vapid they don't even just see. immediately cut down they're immediately mowed down and i don't think it's because i think it's because i mean i do think it's because they have turned their back on the side of their personality that would be open to even having a self-reflection mm, um i think that's fair and an internal trial to some extent they can't even face their do- so this brings me to Joseph fucking Campbell. Let's all smoke some weed right now and talk about Joseph Campbell. I was going to talk about Carl Jung later, so go for it, dog. Is the dweller on the threshold. That's the the one in the hero's journey that is the uh, you meet your shadow self and you have to, or the dweller on the threshold, and then you have to have enough of a willpower to be able to overcome this shadow self or it will overcome you. There's This is a in a ton of stories. Never, even in, never ending story. Yes. Uh, yeah. He has Empire to Strikes Back. Nothing yep. a name. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back. No, no, he has to face himself in the mirror and he's Bastion. Right. Yeah. In oh, right. In it, I think the Chud ritual is a little bit like that as well. Oh yeah, right. Like it's more of a can you handle looking at your maniacal demon self and their Put family your tongue on a demon tongue and tell a joke. Yeah. Right. And the uh the super affluent family has strayed so far away that they cannot they're not capable of doing that and they're completely overwhelmed immediately yeah uh, they are killed immediately by their doppelgangers right so uh the dad especially his doppelganger the dad is trying to like immediately he tries to like what do you want we have money you know we're trying to like so he's making you know as an audience member don't don't even try to make that bargain you're dealing with the devil and, and adelaide you, is like Shut Gabe. the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You need to shut like, up right We're dealing now. with forces beyond our universe right now. Uh, also, so, I think that she's trying to shut Gabe up so that the doppelganger doesn't tell Gabe what's really going on. Yes. I think I point, think she's yeah. playing both sides of that, but as an audience, we don't know that till later. Fair. 
Also, also, just real quick, can I talk about their names? Let's do it. The yeah. names of the tethered. Okay, so the only one that is an outlier in this uh, uh, in this naming group is Red, and that is because we find out at the end of the movie. Big spoiler alert: she's not who she says she is. Um, Adelaide is actually the original tethered. And switched at birth, not switched. Switched. switched yeah. uh, switched uh, at young age at the beginning at the beginning of the film. So her name is Red. However, all the other ones feature names of old world, underworld, mythological names. Interesting. Ye- who? Okay. So, well, first of all, uh, there uh, the dad is named Abraham, the biblical family man of old. Um, of, the, of the famed Father Abraham song, if you recall. Uh, <laughs> he, he had many, many sons. Uh, many, and many sons son. had Father Abraham. He got a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but most notably uh, Isaac and the story of the sacrifice and all of that. Then you have, uh, I'm trying to even look at what their, their counterparts were. So Pluto um, was the name of right. Jason in the movie, and Pluto is the Roman god of the underworld. Umbre was the sister I think uh, sh- uh shadow yeah an underworld dweller the daughters uh the the twins of the other family were Io and Nix um oh, Io okay. mhm who is so where did you find oh these are listed in the Th- credits these or? were listed in the credits yeah okay gotcha uh they were never said out loud which i think is great that he gave them names to suggest all this it was just like yet another uh aspect of it that made me love it but yeah io was a consort of zeus who was turned into a heifer uh nix was a goddess of the night her parental counterparts uh in the past were wayland and ertha uh wayland was like a he was a smith of the gods and kind of a fucked up one in norse norse mythology okay even even um (laughs) the alexa is called ophelia Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So uh, that, that's the only one I actually picked out of all of this. Yeah. But Ophelia is the blind prophet. Uh, Ophelia was from Hamlet. Hamlet. Yep. She drowns okay. herself. Yeah. She was, and she was famously mad. Is that's Ophelia's thing? But the important thing about all these names that they're all doomed and cursed. <laughs> like they're all, and they're all old world, and they're largely forgotten. And it drives home. Also, I, I forgot, I meant to mention this at the beginning of it, but the movie starts with a statistic about how there are tunnels running all underneath the United States. That, to me, is great. I love a horror movie that starts with a real-world statistic. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> Just kind of lays it out there and is like, and we're going to spin something out of this. The fact that it's like, yeah, there are tunnels down there, that's a fact. But also, like... Ophelia means she who helps but she who helps yeah (laughs) nice alexa it's just funny which is funny because she was the least helpful (laughs) couldn't call the cops uh playing fuck the police fuck the police (laughs) yeah Yeah, anyway that that's all i wanted to say about the names is that it really um oh well then i'm I'm sorry i also have another segue here about the underworld y'all mind go for it shoot it up okay so uh rabbits Rabbits, rabbits, the, the, rabbits, 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 rabbits. Uh, the movie starts with rabbits. Um, there is rabbits uh, all throughout this. Um, biatch. Sorry, I just wanted this, this sentence to be. There is rabbits all about this. All about this biatch. No. Okay, so like, Red did explain, or at least suggested, that the tethered were created as a means of control 
and we can only assume that was by the government. Yes. And that it was probably a project that was forgotten. But all the other details of, like, how do they live that long? Why isn't there rabbit shit all over the place? Like, you know, that's not as important to me. Because, again, this is a big fairy tale. Um, and I think rabbits are a perfect choice because they're this perfect combination combination of science and myth. You know, like, white rabbits... Rabbits do exist. Rabbits do <laughs> exist. That's yeah. a, that's true. But we also use them for tons of science experiments. Yeah. That's, you know, the image of a white rabbit is just kind of one of those ubiquitous things. I mean, it's we test on rabbits. We put rats through mazes. It's what we do. That's just, like, a visual yeah. shorthand. But um, for a horror movie... Out. Starting with a close-up of a white rabbit's eye is really effective because they've got it's... that creepy red rim. Oh yeah, no, and Super and they're also creepy. they're also prey animal. <laughs> like right. they are, yeah. they're animals well, that live in fear. They're they have to outwit, you know. They they have to run and they have mm -hmm. to dodge to get away. Like oh, in also, the wild. didn't Peel use didn't run rabbit run run and yeah, get out? Yeah, I was just yeah. thinking that. Yep. Run, rabbit, run. Oh, rabbit, Jesus Christ. Run, run. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> okay, the thought that I had when they showed the rabbits was throughout the movie, and then later when she goes down, oh, and she goes down to save her son in the end of the film, which mm -hmm. is an underworld myth. Going yeah. to the underworld to rescue a loved one is, okay, so I have a short list here. I know I'm, I'm going to come back to rabbits. It happens in Poltergeist. Uh, okay, and, and, nice. and uh, it happens in, like, Labyrinth, it happens in Stranger Things, it happens in It, it happens in Rogue, it happens in Hellraiser 2. It, it happens, happens in, in Aliens. Our, it happens in Aliens. Yep. It happens mm -hmm. in all our modern pop culture. And in that, Alien, to some extent, when she goes back to get the cat. Keep going. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> going back to rescue somebody from the the den or the underworld is, that's that's Media a modern Joseph pop culture thing. Yeah, yep. Exactly. You want but to fly back into the lion's den? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, you got it. But old world myth, um, Orpheus and Eurydice, uh, Demeter going to save Persephone. Um, yeah. there, there's an African Ashanti myth about Kwasi Benefu, you know, like going to save his loved ones. I mean, it's like, that's one of the oldest and most... To save someone back from the, love of the land of the dead. Yes. 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 Well, and if you'll um, notice, the escalator that she gets on only goes down. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Precisely. It's a one-way ticket to hell and back. And that, apparently. And, <laughs> and so coming back to rabbits, so it, like that, I was really thinking about underworld stuff like throughout the movie, and then I, I just had this thought of psychopomps. Right. Right. Um, What's yeah. a psychopomp? It's a guide to it's the afterlife. Yeah. And Carl Jung described rabbits as being the mediator between the conscious and the unconscious. Wow, I have yeah, a fucking painting on of a that rabbit. A minute. That I'm you have a what? A painting of a rabbit right well, now that, that I'm looking at. Well, that's creepy. Um, yeah. Uh, don't read too much into it. Um, okay. But I would say that. Uh, and, but also, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> also, don't pay attention to that other Jeff that's standing right behind you. Yeah, Sorry, what was I didn't mean to derail you. Underworld rabbits. Rabbits. Yeah. So yeah. So there's this idea of a I science and mythological link. So who would you say the guides to the underworld are, and is is her shadow self her guide? No, it, I don't think it's so much uh, that they themselves are the guide. They themselves are what Carl Jung would describe as complexio oppositorum. Uh, Fuck me. You read goddamn books before you came to this <laughs> shit show. Uh, I mean, I read a couple of Wikipedia entries, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, 
his uh, what Carl say Jung that described. Again. Say that term again. Complexio oppositorum. And those um, are. It is the double, the shadow. Um, okay. And a the, Harry Potter spell. Yeah. Uh, probably also a Harry Potter. It's the spell. one that gets your dick to straight to not get all <laughs> fucked up when it's in when it's in tight jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it makes it stop looking and like a profile in a, Eleanor and, Roosevelt. <laughs> and you have to say it in a British accent. Yeah, and always when you're when you put your hands up at the airport scanner area, <laughs> complexio. <laughs> God damn it! Jordan uns- Peele shakes his head again. Still shaking yeah. his head, Jordan Peele is. Yeah, so it's what Carl Jung described as our shadow selves, um, a replica of one's unknown face, and the big thing behind that is repression his whole Mm. thing was that the shadows are what we repress yes excellent Mm -hmm. so this is very i don't know if you're done but i'm ready to like jump in here so this is super important to me that her dad is portrayed as sort of alcoholic and they're fighting about it Mm -hmm. like in the beginning of the movie because it's like i like to read these movies as like okay let's pretend all the crazy shit in this movie isn't really happening like to some extent like what if this was just like uh, a crazy dream that she's having, what are the real things that set that dream in motion? And and then I do think that, you know, the moment where she reveals that she might actually be bringing up a past trauma that mm. is causing a cataclysmic event happening in her world that sort of uproots everything. Like, because it flashes back to her, her father sort of leaving dismissively later when they're trying to figure out what happened to her while she was gone. Well, it's hard to read what he's actually like. He stands there for a sec and then he walks out. I don't, I'm not saying it is that the movie is explicitly and definitely about that. I'm just saying that like, again, with the many different threads going on here, that's something that he leaves open. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and again, I think that would come back to the topic of trust. Yeah, And again, it's like, how much do we trust our loved ones? How much can we really trust ourselves? Uh, I'm sorry, I was also reading about a biological condition known as Capgras syndrome. Do you know this? No. Um, It's the belief that your loved ones have been replaced by impersonators. Jesus Christ. Um, I've always thought that about you guys. It's what? I've thought that about you guys, so. uh, Well, that's, that's fair. No, it's just yeah. me being a dick. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but the way this comes about is apparently the fusiform gyrus, uh, it's the part of the brain that does racial uh, facial recognition, w- is affected in some way. Some, like, lesions or alcoholism can affect it. There's, like, lots of factors that can contribute to this. But the effect is basically that you can, like, say, hear somebody's voice over the phone and recognize it. But when they're in front of you, you aren't getting the feelings of recognition and like love that you might get otherwise. So your mind comes up with a story about how they're not who they say they are. Oh, that mm. would not be a good thing to have. No, nope. that'd be awful. <laughs> uh, would you yeah, rather have that or Cotard syndrome, the one where you can't, where you think you're dead, see faces or whatever? No, a Cotard's delusion is where you think you're dead. Oh. Which one's the one where you can't uh, tell? What? Face blindness. Face blindness. Um, God, that sounds fucking terrifying. And I only really know that because of that creepy episode of Hannibal. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I, I'm sorry. I know we got kind of way off track there. Doppelgangers are just really fascinating, and there's so much to talk about. So we, uh, yeah, we didn't mention what 
doppelgangers mean? Double. Oh, it means double walker from right. German. Meaning that in Germany, there's a television show, Gonger, Texas Ronger. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> i'm i'm happy that you're so happy about that dumb joke like it it makes me feel which, good which means that in germany there's a show called gonger texas ronger laugh more <laughs> you're supposed to i'm gonna do this until you all cackle and then we use that dig jeff you are the living edge look we both had important insights and i just feel like i listened to all of your fucking carl young shit and i have a lot more to say you do (laughs) i do and you didn't laugh okay i have have two more things to cover and then i will shut up roll the ugliness okay all right roll that beautiful bean footage all right that beautiful bean footage Uh, well first also a quick note you mentioned pan's labyrinth earlier no i think it's a quick note who would be gonger texas ronger (laughs) Who do you think, um, like, what German actor would be? I don't know that many German actors. Mm, that's awful. You should learn. It would obviously be uh, Christoph Waltz. Because <laughs> that's the only one we know. <laughs> that's the only one you know. Damn, that would be a good movie. Anyway. It, it would be. I think it's Christoph worth Waltz noting. <laughs> I think it's worth noting that Pan's Labyrinth features constant doubles. And Does Jeff, it? you you were the one that pointed this out to me. Yeah. Uh-oh. And yeah, it's like what happens to the kid oh, is yeah, mirrored yeah. by um, uh, Mercedes, the, the housekeeper. All the uh, actions in the real world are paralleled in the underworld. By the monsters uh, yeah. within. And yeah. I would also say the, key, the keys you know, parallel by a secret thing. In the, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also, I don't know if y'all saw a mirror mask. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't see that. I, I think that is worth mentioning just because the whole point of the story is it's not about overcoming your darker self it's about reconciliation um and what happens when you strangle your darker self to death uh (laughs) well if it's an antimatter version of you uh our solar system explodes that's what okay so that's not what happened in this if you see yeah if you see what you're pretty sure is an anti-jeff don't touch it don't hang out with it don't hang out with it don't go for high fives don't go for low fives it's gonna be like uh nega scott from scott pilgrim where you just <laughs> exactly you just hang out with them and then you're good okay, okay. Go. well and it's it's explored to a degree in Coraline as well which is another neil gaiman oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah the, the oh other the other mother, mother. the other mother yeah. mm-hmm. real quick though uh mirror mask i was going to use that as a segue into mirrors and how walking through a funhouse mirror uh that was sort of the the beginning yeah, of it all of the movie yeah mm-hmm. and just real quick mythologically we all know that there's a lot of uh superstition surrounding mirrors a mirror is broken that's seven years of bad luck that's um old roman myth um during a funeral you're supposed to cover up um mirrors in jewish tradition vampires don't like vampires don't like them the myth of narcissists and all that so i think they're okay so there's like mirrors rabbits and then finally i want to talk about scissors oh yeah Okay, so the weapon of choice and for the tethered, they are all equipped, not just sporting one one glove. I'm not sure if that's a Michael Jackson reference or not. I'm gonna go ahead and say it is because she has a thriller she has T-shirt. A thriller shirt, right? Right. Oh, mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Also, the end of the thriller video is itself is a, a doppelganger switcheroo. Correct. When he turns around, you do the laugh, him. Ira. Please. Ah, 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 ah,
the end. Scissors. It's okay, roll. so scissors as a weapon themselves are a reflection. You know, it's it's a, a reflection of a blade. It's two you parts. You told me that the other day. That blew mm-hmm. my mind. And also, yeah, it oh, looks yeah. like rabbit ears. So and that's and, also, and, and they're called the rabbit ears. Apparently, scissors that they use that is mm-hmm. specifically true of. Like they're not ergonomic or anything like that. They are a mirror of themselves. <laughs> A lot of other like modern scissors or shears have like different weighted handles and stuff. It's important yeah. that they're the classic that, <laughs> that they look exactly like that. And yeah. and of course, there's a lot of superstition surrounding scissors. Like, um, I don't know if y'all have heard this one. It's a big one in the South. Um, it's bad luck to use it as a gift. Like, you're never ever supposed to give somebody scissors on their wedding day. Oh shit! What about and knives? This, uh, knives. It depends on who's giving it. Um, oh, fuck. If it's I totally uh, gave my mother-in-law a knife for Christmas. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, it was like uh, a really good kitchen knife. I was like, she had a crappy well, one. I thought, but oh, man, now I got to uh, look if this it's up. the kind. If it's the kind that can fold closed, you are not supposed to close it before you hand it back to them. They're the ones who are supposed to close it. Okay, well, um, it wasn't that kind. But anyway, yeah, what I was getting at though is this: all this talk about the underworld, and then you have scissors. All I could think of was Moirai, the Fates. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Atropos. Atro- yeah. Uh, and Atropos is the one I was interested in because she's the one. This who is like uses... a this is like a dick contest for nerds over here. Atropos, <laughs> betray I, you. I <laughs> thought you would jump in on this, Mister N- Greek mythology. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting to point out that Moirai uh translates, and I think I have this right. Uh, the original origin in Greek meant a part of the whole. And Atropos, of course, is like, okay, so her sisters would pull the thread that represented someone's life, measure it, and then Atropos was the one to cut it. We, we're, we've all seen Disney's Hercules. We yes. know how this works. Um, I blocked but, it out, much like yeah, it was Adeline. Sh- <laughs> it, was, it was pretty shitty. Wasn't but, she the inflexible... Her name actually translates to unturnable. Yeah, Ooh, okay. uh, inflexible, unturnable. You basically like you cannot argue with, right? With the with that. With your yeah. So anyway, that's that's all I really wanted to say about that is to point out mirrors, rabbits, scissors, and the prevalent underworld mythology uh, in this movie. But what does it all mean? <laughs> I just fucking told you. Oh, I wasn't paying. So can you repeat the last twenty minutes then? Uh, yeah, well. No, that's awesome. Interesting insights. Thank Too you. Too bad oh, you're wrong. Oh, oh, oh! I'm sorry. I'm oh. sorry. I do have. I do have more. It's just one more fucking thing. I swear to God. Mm-hmm. I've heard um, that one before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so at a few times in the movie, did you notice that it would cut to something fake and then something real emerging from it? Like there Explain. was a spider. There was a toy spider on the table, and then a real uh, spider yeah. crawled out from behind it. Later on in the movie, she when she's going into the quote-unquote underworld, the entrance, there's a painting of a rabbit on the wall, and a real rabbit hops out from behind it. Right. Mm. And this happens one more time. And this uh, this is the part that I'm like, I don't know what to make of it, but it seems important. The ambulance. Yeah. They leave, they leave the movie driving an ambulance, but it is a toy ambulance that Jason uses to prop open the pantry that he hides in with his doppelganger. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there's this constant idea of real versus fake. And yeah. I think the movie fucks with us because they're implying that doppelgangers maybe are the 
fake versions of us, but I'm not so sure that's true. I thought maybe they were. Impl- yeah, I definitely got the sense that they were implying that they were the real and that, that we they were, were the fakes, but more the like emotionally charged and. I like, f- I felt yeah. like yeah, what they were really well to me, what happened with Adelaide and Red, mm-hmm. I took it to mean that which has light and sustenance and love will flourish no matter what. Mm. And when you have something that's very, very repressed, of course it becomes this lesser version of itself. Right. And so I took it as to be a a little bit more of a commentary on nurture socioeconomics (laughs) in America. Yeah. 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 Um, um, and yeah, like is... our resources are not evenly and equally distributed. That makes this class system. And of yeah. course, Red wanted to escape it. Of, mm-hmm. of course, original Adelaide was furious to have been left behind. And I think that it shows that there is a great deal of anger and like simmering bitterness in a lot of people in our country because they're not being given given the same opportunities and the same choices and they do become lesser versions of what they could be yeah absolutely uh yeah and that was very much how i read it and that when they had a leader who had come and had all of these other you know skills basically they followed that person to better themselves even though they didn't really have the means to understand what that even meant yeah you know it's not that they couldn't yeah, sure, when they got up there, all Abraham could do was grunt and yell and be violent, but, you know, the original Red did just fine. Like she says, like Adelaide says, if it weren't for you, I never would have danced at all. You know, because that was that was Red. That wasn't Adelaide. I mean, the tethered Red did, or the tethered Adelaide did dance, but she had her own skills and things that she was never able to explore. Because she was trapped yeah. in this underground prison, so yeah. I, I took it to be very pointed. Yeah, yeah. Because they do mention how there's two bodies and one soul, yeah, and the soul is somewhat shared between. And yeah, this idea of like um, disproportion. Yeah, I think that's I think that's just right. I I, I think that's a pretty good place to uh, wrap up our conversation on this particular movie. We could we could go on to the different movies. I thought there was definitely a, like you mentioned a lot of other movies that reminded you of or different mm-hmm. scenes and references. And since we need to talk about other doppelganger movies, doppelgangers appear in a lot of other movies. So yeah, let's let's talk about that real quick. Okay, you got any in mind? Any favorites? No. Multiplicity. Probably annihilation. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, no annihilation. That was, that was wonderful. Um, and it had uh, a similar feeling to this movie. I feel like it would be a good place to go if you liked this movie. It would be a good other movie to see, just in terms of like, uh, it had a lot of magical and symbolic things going on with it, with tension mm-hmm. and horror mixed in, mm-hmm. uh, and also doubles. Um, yeah, and mirroring and a and an ending that is definitely goes down the rabbit hole and then back out the rabbit. Other and, and leaves you with a in a pretty ambiguous place yeah of of i think it's a movie that does a good job like this one of blurring that line yeah 
totally. I, I do think one last note about us that's important to make is that Adelaide and Jason have a pretty special connection, it seems like. We get yeah. that Jason is a little different, but then we find out in the end that Re- that um, Adelaide isn't who she says she is. And it's almost like Jason is realizing this in the end of the movie. Oh, I um, thought it was like, uh, maybe he's not who he said he is, because you don't well, know who he, won out. But he also disappeared, didn't he? Yeah, at the, exactly. at the boardwalk in the so same way. So you don't way. know if that's like a knowing nod. Mm-hmm. But you he know. also pulls a mask over, he pulls the, the monster mask over his face in a very pointed, like, this is, I'm just going to hide, and you're just not going to know. I, <laughs> like, I don't think, uh, I don't think Jason's a doppelganger. I, I don't think, think he yeah. is either, but, but he I think definitely he's a knows, closer to it. I think he definitely knows that his mother is. And he's yes. torn because... He knows he that technically her. she's supposed to be the evil one, but this is the woman who raised him. Birthed him, yeah. All of that. Um, um, so yeah, I think that it's confusing to him. Also, did you notice that when she is snapping with him to I Got Five on it, they're snapping off beat? Yeah. I Wasn't that weird? Did, but then I was like... She's like, she's like uh, get in rhythm or whatever, and like it's it's not... Right. Maybe it, it is. It, maybe it is on beat. And you, no, it like, isn't. It is not. It is <laughs> like I, I watched that scene again. I was just like, is it a reference to the jerk? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Because he can't I think it's. I think I think it's basically in saying something about how they're maybe both a little off. You know, like she's not quite who she says she is. But I, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. To move on to other doppelgangers. Um, I wanted to mention the 70s Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Just good, good lord, that movie is still so effective and yeah. wonderful and terrifying. Did you guys watch any others to, uh, I want to watch that one because I haven't seen that in years, but man, motherfucker, the end of that movie is so goddamn good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it had a similar sense of uh, you don't know what they're here for. Like for a long time. I mean, we know yeah. now because of the. I mean, it's you have to contextualize that movie for when it came out, and also like uh, what is it? because they're the uh, the others in that movie walk the line until they have the majority, and then they can all act different in a concerted way, and then you have to walk the line, which is a really interesting flip that occurs oh, yeah. in the movie. Like they have to blend in, and then when they're outnumbering everyone. Then the other everyone else has to blend in to them. That's yes. a good point. And uh, when they can't, it's fucking horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> For anybody who's ever felt uh, socially awkward before at work, don't watch that movie. <laughs> they should. They should do a. He should do that movie again. That would be a good one for him to tackle. Uh, I I did watch his uh, new Twilight Zone episode of the premiere. Is it good? I, I liked it. It had Camille John Nanjiani in it. Sweet. Yeah. That guy. I love the way that guy says birds. <laughs> I just love everything he says. Yeah. Uh, my very favorite on. story about him is that one of my friends shit talked his X Files podcast, <laughs> and he blocked her. <laughs> nice. That it was well done because that's a great podcast. The X Files files. Yeah, yeah, that's what got me watching X Files. I just think yeah. it's really funny that he. Is there a good X Files double? Oh, probably. There, there's the whole black black oil. There's an episode where Mulder swaps bodies with a. Uh, oh, the, uh, that was just the shapeshifter guy. No, no, no. no he, you're talking about the guy from um, Best in Show and all that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he yeah, swaps yeah, yeah. bodies with him and then gets to hit yeah. on Scully. That's right. Uh-huh. 
Um, Leila, do you have any good uh, doppelgangers you want to mention? Um, just like probably mo- in the modern area era, more like the Prestige and Black Swan. Word. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's such a trope that it's hard to even think of some sometimes. Oh, dude. You know? Yeah, I, I went I don't down know a if I call it a trope. Hole. Like, it seems too classic to call it a trope. Is, is it a trope? Like, is, I don't know, maybe I just don't know the word exactly. But I, I, I think maybe you're selling the word trope a little short. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. It's just a, a recurring thing in our storytelling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's probably and a And a lot of times it's used in such a lazy way. That's, I guess, where the connotation of trope comes right. from. Right. And it's kind of like, oh, Think of right. it as a common leitmotif. Also, I think it's important to discuss, there's a lot of different aspects to the doppelganger thing. There's split personality, then there's the straight-up doppelganger, which is like a copy of yourself with unknown intentions, usually evil and superstitious. Then there's there's stuff like the Incredible Hulk, you know, is the Incredible Hulk like a doppelganger story? It's basically the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing. And Um, then there's just twins. You know, with with Danny DeVito and no, uh, no, no, no. I'm... <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I mean actual twins, <laughs> as they're called. No, I think yeah. that's a, that's a really good point. Like, what are they selling? I think the literal translation "double walker" is creepy in its own accord because it's like, uh, you know, you really are running into a double. Like, if they're walking. Are they chasing? Are they following? Are they? walking ahead of you or are you chasing them that's a mm-hmm. that's a one that i i find to be really intense is i can't remember the it's like an old school mario bava movie uh where he's like this italian de- detective in this like creepy little italian town and they won't even let him do like an autopsy on the body and then he finds this like gold coin inside this body that this witch uses to control people kind of weird shit oh, wait i know what you're talking about he chases his he sees someone in one of these like creepy little alleys and he sees him and he starts chasing him. And he mm-hmm. like in each and the scene lasts like, I don't know, a couple minutes, but he keeps getting a little bit closer each time, each time, each time. And then it flips it on you and someone catches him. Like in Holy Grail? <laughs> no, not like Holy Grail. <laughs> Thank you for shitting on my mystery. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, what happened? Uh, it just it creates a very good sense, paranoia sense where you're not sure whether or not you were watching who's which character Who you were is. rooting for. Oh, that's like, interesting. Yeah, it, it create like a that sense of sort of like I, Vertigo. Yeah, exactly. exactly. The Carlotta, Carlotta Valdez thing in Vertigo. Okay. Yeah. Did you? So you got to watch that. What did you think? Oh, I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was trash. <laughs> really? Not even joking. Yeah, I thought it was terrible. Oh. Uh, yeah I, I liked a lot of it uh yeah. there were some really wonderfully creepy things about it but ultimately uh watching it in a modern lens was pretty rough <laughs> oh is it just like super sexist or something? just super du- super duper sexist yeah jimmy yeah. stewart was like taking too many liberties i thought but anyway yeah no i'm i'm interested in this whole concept of the the split personality thing because ultimately when we talk about repression and we talk about what it is we're we're repressing, it can either be something really dark or something really cool or something really dark and cool. (laughs) The end of Greece. Is that a doppelganger switch? What the fuck? 
How can you shit on Vertigo and then talk about Grease? <laughs> like, I don't like Grease either. <laughs> but just stay with me here. Fucking Salvador Dali directed the Dream Sequence and Vertigo, and you're talking about goddamn yeah, John was, Travolta cool. with that a rolled-up was... cigarette packet. I'm, I'm not Tell talking me about, about him. it, stud. Yeah, Leela, Leela, title sequence. Jeff, Jeff, shush, 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 shush. Don't uh, shush me, motherfucker. <laughs> easy there. Okay, so Leela, yes. you've seen Grace. You're the one what? that I want. Honey, do you agree with that? I mean, in the end, she's 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 broken bad. You know. No, are are you high? Yeah, no. I'm just drunk. Oh. <laughs> I ain't drunk, just drinking. Ain't no, high, just high. She's <laughs> yeah. No, she's just changed herself to get the bad boy that she wants. Uh huh. And he you don't let think it, that's some form of like and he lettered work? in track. No, you don't think that maybe there was a pod person she like mur- murdered her original Are, form, well, dressed in leather, and then like went out and got John Travolta, and they the flew cool. away together in a car. That's the cool under the skin version. Of, right, you're not even <laughs> questioning the flying car Good thing. God. That would be so awesome if Grease had like a 20 minute silent scene where she slowly murders, Slow, uh, murdered like a, and undressed the other. Uh, is it Brenda? right? All to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Under the skin <laughs> was great. Yeah, that was her, a good. That's kind of a. Her name was movie. Sandy. 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 Okay, well, you get what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing. You're talking about the changing personality. I'm talking about Urkel and Stefan. (laughs) I'm talking about... I'm talking... Okay, Urkel and Stefan are closer than Sandy and whatever. Dark Sandy. (laughs) Evil Sandy. She just put on leather pants and smoked a cigarette. We know what that means. That she's a slut. We get it. uh Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so does that mean Sandy's cool now? Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's all it was. When was the last time you saw Grease, Ira? <laughs> uh, middle school. Uh, I, I did really don't remember. Probably middle school. I Damn, see. dude. You got a good memory. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so Grease is an interesting and problematic movie but, on so many levels, but there are no doppelgangers. I'm okay, sorry. F- no, that no, you're no, aware no, of. No, no, no. I'm I'm gonna kinda have to support Ira a little bit because mm-hmm. there's a it scene makes it cooler. where she goes in the she gets she might drown in the water or whatever. And he's gotta mm-hmm. go to the underworld to get her back and then when she <laughs> he does, she's mm-hmm. the fucking she's a slut and he likes it. I I think um. we might be a little bit off the rails here. Who has a game? Yeah. Well, no, I was referring to the part in Greece where they give her the blood test, like in the thing. Yeah. <laughs> there's the big <laughs> Um, yeah. That's that's actually uh, Rizzo, and that's just to determine that she's not pregnant. She shoots her Akira arm <laughs> over that one Rizzo, guy's face. Rizzo the rat chops him in half. <laughs> Rizzo is not pregnant with Kaniki's baby. Have you ever seen Grease? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's my Rizzo the rat laugh. That's the wrong Rizzo. Any movie where a character changes is a doppelganger. <laughs> I mean, kinda. So, so when a girl takes off her glasses and is suddenly a hot girl, she's a doppelganger. Yes. Who's sexist now, Ira? <laughs> <laughs> still Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> yeah, still totally Jimmy Stewart. There's definitely yeah. doppelgangers in Army of Darkness. Yes. Badass. Goody goody two shoes. Goody goody two shoes. I have a game real quick. Okay. That's a real classic one. Mm-hmm. 
I have a game. Would you like to play it? Yeah, sure. I mean, it sounds like we're going to. You're going to play it. All right, here we go. This is a game that I call the old switcheroo. So I'm going to name the counterpart. You name the original. Okay. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Flexo. Oh, Mr. Incredible. I don't know. I was apparently wrong. <laughs> Flexo. Flexo? Flexo. Uh, oh, I fuck don't me. Know. All right. Flexo. Oh, Bender. Bender. There you go. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. David. Oh, um, uh, Prometheus. What is that? Um, David's the good yeah, one. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're both called David. Yeah. Oh. Or maybe they're not. Who knows? They're not. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, Lily gets the point. Um, Wario. Mario. Mario. Yep. I think I heard Lila first. Ma Luigi. <laughs> or Data. Data. Damn. No. Bizarro. Uh, Superman. All right. Mr. Hyde. Jekyll. Dr. Jekyll. Well, I think I heard you both at the same time, so nobody gets I'll that. split it. I'll yeah, we'll split it. That's appropriate for this. That's, that's yeah. Good. I mean, basically that amounts to nothing, but, you know, that's sweet anyway. Um, Stefan. Steven. St- Urkel. Steven Urkel. Oh, yeah, you just <laughs> dropped that one earlier. Yeah, I did. Heisenberg. Uh, Walter White. There you go. Mr. Felix Nash. Damn. I'll give you a minute on that, that one. Is there any hints? Can we get hints? Hmm. He was... Is uh... he in... Wait. Yeah? Is this an 80s movie? It is an 80s movie. <laughs> is it one of the Ernest movies? It is Ernest Goes to Jail. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Which I watched a good bit of in preparation for this, and holy shit, it's yeah. still amazing. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, and it holds up. <laughs> oh, okay. We could take Vertigo out of the Criterion Collection because Ernest goes to fucking jail. <laughs> Ernest goes to jail. I'm sorry, it's a better movie. Uh, come at me, internet. <clears throat> All right. Negaduck. Uh, Darkwing. There you go. Duck. Constantine. Keanu, fuck me. Uh, John Wick. Uh, uh, it's Think. yeah. It's not John Constantine. It's a. I'll give you a hint. There's it's been a sp- meme made out of it that's fairly popular. Sad Keanu. No. <laughs> Features a frog. Kermit. You drinking tea. Uh, it's not Kermit drinking tea. It's the evil Kermit from Muppets Most Wanted. Oh, with the um, with the hood. With the yeah. hood, yeah. His name is Constantine. Constantine, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Okay. They're so they're so smart. <laughs> it was it was pretty. Muppets Most Wanted wasn't great. It wasn't as good as the Muppets, but it was still pretty good. Wow, Luigi. <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> All right. Again, I, I heard you both at the same time, so no points or two points each. George Stark. Oh, um, oh shoot, what was his name? Um, uh, oh, Thad Beaumont. Richard Bachman. Hi, it's Leland. Thad Hi. Beaumont. Damn, yeah. Okay. Bad Ash. Good Ash. <laughs> Jeff, I heard it first. <laughs> I didn't remember his last name though. Evil Ashley. robot. His name's Ashley. Ted. Oh, Bill and Ted. Oh, I didn't hear what it, I didn't even hear the thing. Jeff was <laughs> laughing. Jeff was talking, so I don't know. Yeah. Good points. <laughs> what I heard you 
Yeah, you did. You did. Mecha Godzilla. Godzilla. Nice. <laughs> Rosalind Lutess. Rosalind Lutess. Just looking at you. This is a Batman the Animated Series. Nope. Rosalind Lutess. Boop, boop, boop. I'm just going to go ahead and say that that was the Lutess twins from Bioshock Infinite. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. That was such a good one. It was I really fucked it up. Yeah, that was brilliant. Sorry. It is a video game one, Lily but it's a great one. So No yeah. problem. Um, I'll allow me, one, I don't know if you guys can figure this one out. Reverse Flash. Ooh, Flash. Lily, <laughs> you got it. Woo! No, there is a. There is a. a isn't there a Doppelganger Flash with a different name? Yeah. Not Reverse Flash. Reverse Flash. <laughs> there are actually several evil versions of Flash. Because yeah. you move fast, you fucks with the time continuum and shit, you know? Mm, okay, well, I won't fight it. Yeah, wow. I feel like there um, were a lot of doppelgangers in the Flash. Future, but y'all are matched at 7 and 7. Nice! Oh, man. That if seems only so made it appropriate. 11 11. Been awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you want to uh, play my game? Yes, I do. We, and we we're are. not saying anything. And we didn't even mention Twin Peaks. Oh. Uh, fuck you, because that was my first thing on my game. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a great segue, then. Okay, this well, mine is, is called Gonger Texas Ronger. <laughs> <laughs> Tagline just, Twister. Just, so, you're just tickled pink at yourself, aren't you? Do you want to play the game? I already want to just me play it with yeah, you. I want to play the game. Okay. Because I can, I can cut you out of this call. I have the I power know. to kick you. I know. No. Go ahead. Okay, so some of these are just twisted taglines of the movie, and then some are taglines from the perspective of the actual doppelganger. Okay. <laughs> it's not a good game. I'm sorry in <laughs> advance. <laughs> it's, a lot of it's going to be like on the fun level of Gonger Takes Stronger. Okay. Okay. So, uh, for instance, an example would be, since I ruined it, mm -hmm. I was just trying to drink black coffee in my red room till this nerd showed up. <laughs> So in that instance, would I say Twin Peaks? You may say whatever. Okay. Twin Peaks is the answer, but if you can say Evil Dale, then, you know, you're great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Evil Dale. <laughs> Evil Dale. <laughs> we were just new to the area, snatching up some nice properties, and we were thwarted by paranoid neighbors. It ain't Soylent Green. It's just Soylent Mean. Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the last line I thought was funny because it rhymed, but it doesn't have anything to do with the body snatchers. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. was like, Stepford Wives? What are we doing here? I saw the poster for the burbs in my head. <laughs> okay, this is this next one is probably the laziest one on the list. Cool. Jimmy Stewart keeps slowly following me, and I live in a painting. It's a living. <laughs> Vertigo. Vertigo. God, it was terrible. This is a good segue, though. In this rear window, a detective gets bodied, and I hide his ass in a fold-away sofa. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay. You ready? I'm going to come at you again. <laughs> yeah. In this rear window, a detective gets bodied, and I hide his ass in a fold-away sofa. <laughs> it's directed by Brian De Palma. <laughs> I have no idea. Sister is the name of the movie. I thought maybe... Never seen it, never heard of it. Nope, okay, never it. heard of it. It's great. You should watch it. They witness a murder, and uh, somebody gets hidden at a fold-away sofa. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty creepy. Okay, 
we were just drawing on the walls of the hotel when we got a good correcting. Oh, uh, the 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 Grady twins from The Shining. Yes. Oh. I corrected her. I stole this baby, and this punk-ass bitch that tried to get it back for me had the same Woody Woodpecker tattoo as me. Rising Arizona. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I almost said Willow. <laughs> Willow. Turns out the dude is the man who fell to Earth. Uh, the man who fell to Earth? Wait. Uh, Starman. Yes. Did you get it because of the dude, Jeff Lebowski? Also, did you notice that I went from Coen Brothers to Coen Brothers? It was good. I, saw, I noticed that. Yeah. I'm Stephen King, and I approve this cautionary tale about protecting a writer's pseudonym. Dark half. Dark yeah. half, yes. <laughs> Original title, Four Dugs. Dugs. Uh, Multiplicity. Yeah. <laughs> this is just the tagline of the actual movie. In okay. order to trap him, you must become him. Face off. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the Nicolas Cage voice helped, though. Oh, this is a good line from this movie. We've met before in your apartment. Lost Highway. In fact, I'm there right now. Call me. Yes, okay. I wanted to finish the quote. Obviously, that's the only. <laughs> I wanted to get the point. I'm sorry. Okay. Ready for the next one? It's going to come in hot. Okay. I'm ready. Malkovich! <laughs> Being John Malkovich. Okay. Next one. Malkovich! Twin brothers tag team a script and Meryl Streep. <laughs> Lord. That's the thing you just said. Meryl it ties Street. into the last one. Uh-huh. I mean, obs, but I don't know. Same director. Adaptation? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, this one's my favorite one. <laughs> Sorry. Right. And I'm, yeah, I'm tickled pink at my own joke. <laughs> oh, I'm alive. Why well, I'm underwater. I'm falling. Bang. <laughs> the prestige. <laughs> God damn, dude. That's, uh, whew. Yeah. I'm stuck on this rock. Well, better make the most of it. Moon? Yes. Rockwell? Sam Rockwell? Are you like... When did you a fucking punster? I know. I got that from Dad. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. I love you. Ira doesn't appreciate you. Anyway. I'm Nega Portland, and I'm about to annihilate this ugly duckling with my red shoes. What? I almost feel like Ryan Gosling is in it. A lot of pieces in here. Yeah. I'm Nega Portland, and I'm about to annihilate this ugly duckling with my red shoes. What is in the red shoes? What's that movie about? I fucking hate you. <laughs> Come on, red shoes? You've seen that movie. I'm sure I have. Not I'll the red her. shoes. <laughs> Leela, do you have any fucking idea what he's talking about? This is an ingenious one, and you guys are just letting it. <sighs> ugly, what are ugly ducklings? Oh, Black Swan. There you go. God damn it. <laughs> Red Shoes is a ballet, ballet movie that parallels Black Swan. And Annihilate. Come right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate you. So great, isn't it? It <laughs> is. Really good. I fucking can't stand you. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to bludgeon Jude Law? <laughs> uh, Alien Covenant? <laughs> is Jude Law in that? Yeah. Is he? 
It could also be Captain Marvel. Um, Is he in that? Yes. Is Jude Law just in everything? Yes. Yes, every talented Mr. Ripley. That was... (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. That isn't... It's a very, like, pop culture movie that... Okay, last one. Mm -hmm. This roommate search could have been way easier if she'd only checked Facebook first. Single white female? Yes! Ah. Nice. Woo! So, yeah, sorry guys for all those dad jokes. Those were great. I really appreciated that. Quite a thing. Yeah, Yeah, it was different in tone from uh, your game. (laughs) A bit. That's fine. I do have one last final game. What? It's very secret game. <laughs> a very last final uh, short secret game. Okay. Um, uh, it's basically I know that one of you is not who you say you are. Ooh. Uh-huh. It's you know there have been some tells, there have been some signals throughout this episode that I'm like, uh, yeah, is that really my sibling though? Um. So basically, I've got a flamethrower, and Uh-oh. you is the thing, and I'm going to flamethrow one of you. So I'm just gonna throw up this uh this quick questionnaire to oh. make sure that y'all are who you claim to be oh okay okay yeah. all right so. that, those were that's a good humor joke ira mm-hmm. yeah that's right it is brother jeff um what was i for halloween when i was seven uh toad <laughs> uh yeah. for i think three years in a row from the ages of four to seven uh-huh if you know, if you don't know, do you get torched and you have to scream like we're getting torched? <laughs> I'm gonna tally these to myself and then tell you at the end who I decided okay. to get torched. Oh, okay. Um, I was well ensconced into my preteen um, selfishness, and so I do not remember when you were seven. Okay. When Ira Very was seven. Answer. When I was seven. All right. Next question. What was my favorite cartoon in 1995? Batman the Animated Series out in 1995 or Animaniacs? It would be those. I'm, I would those. go with Animaniacs, but okay. <laughs> or Darkwing Duck. You did mention that one earlier. But Darkwing Duck only lasted two seasons. That's right. And so that's kind of a smaller. How many seasons was Batman? Like, the Animaniacs? You know that you would know that, or would the would the copy know that? That's what I want. Oh right, okay. I, I think if it's a real copy of me, he wouldn't give a fuck. Okay, last question. <laughs> last question. In college, I was writing a musical adaptation of a science fiction film. What was that film? In college? Alien. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, damn it. I know this one. I know this mm-hmm. one. It's about fascism. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is about fascism. And military. And bugs. <laughs> yeah. And what would that movie be called? Leela, what's that movie where they hunt bugs on the other planets? Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that's not fair. I went to college. With I was you gonna say. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I, I think it's whatever we you said. I was gonna be like, my real siblings wouldn't know the answers to these bullshit questions. So good, good. So I'm just gonna have to torch both of you. Okay. He <laughs> 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 made, made alien noises there at the end. It's an alien. That's all I got. All right. uh, If you did kill me, Mm -hmm. and then I, or one of you almost killed me, and I looked up at you in the last moments of my life, I would want you to do the (laughs) too slow hand gesture. Oh yeah. Tim Heidegger does it. Jesus Christ. That was maybe my (laughs) favorite part. And also really funny. Yeah. Yeah. 
You think we've done it? I think we've done it. I think we've bludgeoned this Jude Law to death, pretty yep. much. So. Yeah, I think uh, the only other honorable mention doppelganger that I had was Shadow Link from Legend of Zelda. Oh, oh yeah. That guy was a, a bitch. And also uh, Evil evil Morty from Brick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah, I think that's it. I think we've pretty much uh, we plunged the scissors into this one. I think there's anything else to have to say. All righty. Well. About wrapped her up. And the yeah. last, I think our our new signing off thing um, is what I've got it written down here. <clears throat> you can never really trust anyone or know anyone, even yourself. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Good That's night. the new sign off thing. Like we do that every. We're gonna say every time. Okay. Not just on this one. Okay. Good night. I mean, whatever it was, Iris said. Yeah. <laughs>